That's Tatum. Tatum off the drive, gets inside, kicks it out in the corner, three-pointer, bang! The Stretch Four Fantasy Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Dan Titus and fantasy experts, Zach Hanshu and Adam Koffler. Back to Dodgers, sets, fires a three. What's good, NBA fans and basketball enthusiasts? It's Dan Titus here with the Stretch Four Podcast. I took a quick break last week. Was feeling a little bit under the weather, but my boy Koffler here held it down. Hanshu is actually on vacation, so we're going to be another duo pod here hosting the Stretch Four. But what's up, man? How you doing this Sunday afternoon? What's good, man? Just watched watch the uh, USA get their uh, shit hand to them by France. That's kind of a bummer, but uh, I think there's lots of reasons for that, and we'll get into some of that here in a little bit. But yeah, man, lots of lots of trade buzz going on every couple hours or something new on Twitter. So it's we're gonna dive into some of that stuff today too. So let's let's get rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, for sure. It's there's uh I don't know I feel like this is like probably one of the more interesting times of the NBA because we're uniquely we have the Olympics going on in the background, which we'll we'll talk about. But then also there's the NBA draft coming up with all these prominent free agents having more rumors dropping by the day. So hopefully we'll get some more clarity on that and see what we have in store by Thursday. Cause it's going to be a crazy, I expect it's going to be a pretty crazy week here. So let's get into it, man. Let's start with the Olympics here. 83 to 76 loss to the, to the Frenchman. I mean, I don't think it was that unexpected, right? From what we saw, I mean, they lost to Nigeria. They lost to Australia. This team, they, they just got Booker, Middleton, and Drew Holiday this, like, literally yesterday. They didn't have a chance to practice. And what I saw was, really, they had a chance to win the game. I mean, in the final 30 seconds, Durant, Lillard, and Holiday all had wide-open looks from three to go up one. They just happened to miss. One thing that was glaring was Durant and Lillard shot seven for 22 between both of them from the field. And Holiday saved the day, man. 18 points off the bench, really killed it in the fourth quarter. But I want to get your take on, are you actually concerned about USA's chances of winning the gold medal? After all, Vegas has now lowered their odds to win to minus 223. I really am worried about the US, uh, about Team USA. I tweeted about this this morning and renamed them Individual USA because they're not playing like a fucking team. They're playing like a bunch of individuals, whereas, you know, France, Australia these other teams that they're playing against, like they have, they have, they each have their role. They each know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, they're all okay in that role. And I feel like with team USA, it's very much like a bunch of individual players, which works in the NBA. But when you get on the international stage, you start to lose a little bit of that, like that athleticism and talent is trumped by a team that has chemistry. And I think we're, I think we're now seeing that, right? Like, it's just like team chemistry. It, it's just, it's completely trumping individual talent. And if, if team USA can't figure out how to play with one another, they're going to, they're going to get knocked out early from this tournament. Yeah. It's like the better teams have been playing together for years. You know, you look at Australia, Patty Mills and Ingles have been playing together for a really long time. The Spaniards, I mean, those dudes have been playing forever. It seems like, um, and then you got this U S team that kind of just came together in the midst of a COVID situation you know people opted out the playoffs the condensed season all that type of stuff kind of playing playing a factor here but I did I did just see a report that came out from the athletic that said that the the U.S. team is starting to grow frustrated about Popovich's San Antonio system so I don't think that there was really enough time to necessarily say that like 
this system of offense maybe not what we're going for here. It doesn't work for us. But I think that that kind of speaks to what you were just alluding to with that individuality is like they got to find a rhythm within themselves of like where they're comfortable to play. And maybe this Popovich, we've heard about the Popovich system and it being so stringent and direct and, and, and very methodical. Maybe they got to play a little bit more free. I don't know. And I feel like Team USA would be better off if there was consistency in the players who were who they were getting to play. Like, yeah. Could could you could you imagine if if USA just decided to like make I don't know the the Denver Nuggets the team that went to international competition? Like, you get a team that's been playing together for eighty two games. That team, I guarantee you, will not lose to France. Like a team that that everybody knows their role, a healthy, like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Nicole Jokic, like Paul Millsap, th- those guys aren't losing to France just because they, you know, they play as a team. And, and like I said, like team chemistry is, is more important than the individual talent here. So, I, you know, really like there, there's, there's issues with team USA. They're probably not going to win this, this whole thing. France is really good. Evan Fournier played amazing. Yeah. He's probably, he's probably played himself in the max contract because the NBA just hands out max contracts these days. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I go max. No, I'm joking. But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. clearly I mean, not. But he but balled it, out. He had, he had 28 points. I mean, he he balled out. But, yeah, I mean, uh, shout overall, out to, he shot 50. percent Shout out to Blue Wire. They tweeted that Evan Fournier scored more points than Durant, Damian Lillard, Devin Booker, and Draymond Green combined. Tatum shot three for nine. Booker shot one for six. I mean, outside of that, everybody else had a pretty efficient game for the amount of time that they played, it seemed like. But Bam Adebayo was the only one that got a double-double with 12 and 10. I mean, overall, they shot 36% from the field, man, and 31% from three. Like, you're not going to win any game shooting that that type of percentage. And they got, they, they're, running their, they're running their offense through Draymond. Like, that's not going to work. No. No. I mean, I, I'll be honest. Like, do you, I mean, I get that Draymond Green's like the glue guy, good defense, obviously can guard multiple positions, but... I kind of feel like Jason Tatum at that starting four spot would probably be a little bit more dynamic, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Offensively. Yeah. But why not why not why not bring in like a like a John Morant or, or a guy who wants to who wants to dish out the ball? Like, yeah, like or not just, a or just target younger players that especially that were sitting that 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 left the playoffs early. Like why weren't they a part of the the team USA select teams? You know, I feel like you could build a you could build up your USA teams for like four to eight years out with a younger player. That's like 22 versus Durant, who is like, he's already got a gold medal. He doesn't need to play anymore. There's, like, there's politics. There's politics, man. Why is JaVale McGee yeah. on the team? I mean, but what, what politics are we selling for JaVale McGee getting? No, there? but, but no, but <laughs> there's, but why don't certain people want to play? Like other, other countries, their best players play. The players that best like work with one another are the players that they bring together because they want to win. Like USA just wants to like, put out, you know, the best guys who, you know, might draw a market. They're in trouble. I was actually surprised that Kevin Durant decided to play, to be honest. Like, what, what Be careful, man. He might be he might be jumping ship and trying to join another team because he's not winning with the team he outside. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hey, I, already saw, I, already, I already saw the memes, you know. It's, it's already floating around. But, yeah, let's get into some trade talk. First off, uh, I did just see that Bradley Beal – I mean, I think he's probably the, the one of the biggest hot commodities on the trade market outside of Damian Lillard here. But I think it sounds like B- Beal's going to have a decision to make sooner before Lillard, mainly because, you know, Beal is up for a four-year max contract this summer for $182 million. He can decide not to pass on that and do the super max for five-year, 235 next summer. But that player option 
for next season is at 36.4. So he could demand a trade before the draft. And it sounds like he's going to make a decision on whether he's going to opt in this year and, and possibly go for that extension or at least make Washington known of his plans. What do you think is going to happen here? And obviously he's going to have no shortage of suitors. It's always tough to deal a guy like Bradley Beal with a big contract, but you'd have to think that after I don't know, how many years he's been in the league, eight, it's, it's not about the extra $40 million at this point. It's got to be about, it's got to be about winning and winning soon while he's in his prime. Like, I don't, I don't know that, I don't know that he is interested in playing with Russell Westbrook. I think it was kind of a fluke that the Wizards snuck into the playoffs last season. Uh, Westbrook played out of his mind down the stretch. That, that team's not going anywhere the way it's built right now. Um, they don't have the, the draft capital to get a player that's going to, you know, make an instant impact. So, it, I mean, personally, if I'm Bradley Beal, I'm trying to go elsewhere and I'm not trying to be the focal point of an offense. Like I want to be a, I want to be a primary scorer. Like, you know, I want to be a, a Devin Booker playing with a point guard like Chris Paul. I don't want to be playing with a point guard like Russell Westbrook. So if I'm Beal, I want out, you know, where he goes, I, like you said, he probably has 30 suitors that, that, that would be interested in his services. I mean, he said at the beginning of last season, my biggest thing is to win now. So already told you what he wanted and the, the Wizards made the playoffs, but they made it as the 10th seed. So like they had to go on a ridiculous run at the end of the season to even make it. They got a new head coach and Wes Unsell Jr. Who's never coached anyone before. He's been a long time assistant. I don't think that they've signaled that they're in win now mode. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this request is going to come out probably sooner rather than later. The only thing is, is like, what are they going to be looking for in terms of, of trade capital? Because we're going to go to the next guy. And I think that this kind of dovetails into it a little bit. I think the Sixers are in a really good position to trade Ben Simmons for someone of Beal or Lillard's stature. Being that they haven't requested those demands yet to be out of there formally, you really don't move Ben Simmons right now, right? Like if I'm the Sixers, if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm waiting until it's clear as day that, yo, I need, I want out of my situation. Here's what I can offer up in draft capital. Cause I know you guys were talking about last week and you and Harper were having a little bit of debate on, you know, whether Malcolm Brogdon picks was enough for Ben Simmons. And I side with Zach Harper in terms of just the fact that you can get more than Brogdon for Simmons. And I think we'll see that once a more prominent name resurrects as a, a trade, a trade candidate. Well, maybe, right. The, the thing about a Beal and a Lillard is those are like top 10 guys in the league. Like you're never going to get the compensation in return for those guys. It's can you get enough to be able to deal with the fact that you're losing that player that was on your squad for like a long time. Like if, if the, if the wizards, you know, uh, Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook probably don't play well next to each other because neither of them can shoot the ball. But, you know, if you're the Wizards and you're rebuilding your rebuilding team and Westbrook's going to be, you know, probably elsewhere in a few years and maybe you build around Ben Simmons and maybe he's like the face of the of the Wizards. That's a pretty good consolation prize for having to give up Bradley Beal who doesn't want to be there anymore. But, I mean, you're looking at the look at the Green Bay Packers right now, what they're dealing with Aaron Rodgers. It's a perfect scenario. They did nothing. They tried to wait it out, and now Aaron Rodgers is forcing their hand. I'm going to retire. I'm going to do some weird, weird stuff, work it out, and then I'm going to get traded to some other team after being retired. Now you got zero compensation for your superstar. So it makes sense right before the draft. Here's the time to get as much draft capital as you can for your superstar. Like, don't wait because you, you may just be losing out value as the time continues to wear on. 
So speaking of Simmons, obviously a lot of potential places here. From a fantasy perspective, where do you think that Ben Simmons' value is best suited for? I mean, there's rumors of the Pacers. There's rumor of the Raptors, the Sacramento Kings. What, what, do, you, what do you think in there? A team that wants to get up and down the floor is a team that's going to be best for Ben Simmons. Um, like you said, Sacramento, they, they led, they were top five, I believe in pace. So are the Pacers speaking of pace. Um, so any team that's any team that wants to get up and (laughs) any team that wants to get up and down the court, uh, is going to be a a good, good, uh, a good position for Ben Simmons to be in because his game really excels in the open floor. He's not a half court, uh, offense type guy, uh, because he can't shoot. So that's, that's where he's looking at, uh, having the best uh, fantasy value for sure. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting because I I was reading about the Sacramento trade potential and they were actually saying that they would like to use Ben Simmons in their system as a point forward, but not straight up point guard. So imagine him with De'Aaron Fox, you know, you play him as like a wing guy. I mean, we talked about this for years, right? Like Ben is better in the post, use him as like a screener, play in the pick and roll or whatever, and let him be like the center guy. Because I mean, if, if Ben Simmons gets traded there, there's a good chance they're probably not going to be able to afford re-signing Rashawn Holmes. So that could be a nice opportunity to have a big man, a valuable, versatile big man that can guard multiple positions that could also play play that center spot if he needed to. Yeah, Ben Ben needs to go somewhere where, there's, where he's surrounded by shooters too. Um, and I recently saw that the Toronto Raptors might be interested in him, which is an interesting one because I also saw rumors swirling that that uh, Pascal Siakam is up for trade, uh, is available via trade. So, you know, if he goes to Toronto, uh, pair him with Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananubi, um, some of those other guys there in Toronto, that, that's, that, that actually seems like a pretty good fit uh, for both teams. Like Pascal Siakam would be fantastic for the Sixers as well. If you put him right next to, you could, you could make, you could probably make Tobias Harris the three. Right. The Akam the yeah. four and be the five. Oh goodness gracious. But then and then sign Kyle Lowry. Let's go. That oh. Let's go. <laughs> that's championship. Um, that's championship for the Sixers right there. It is. And I I think that the the Raptors kind of make sense in terms of like they were already prepared to go into last season without a true five, right? They they got Aaron Baines like kind of late and you know, we saw the emergence of um Kemp Birch. So, I mean, I don't think that they're vested in him if you can get someone of, of, of Simmons status. But, I mean, they're running Chris Boucher, who's definitely lighter in weight than, than Ben Simmons is at the five. Siakam played the five at moments, too. So, I mean, I think that there's a place for him to be if that's the style of play that they're going to be running in their system. He could fit there. Let's talk about from a fantasy perspective, though. If, if Pascal Siakam leaves Toronto, that might open up big minutes for Chris Boucher. Absolutely. And, yeah. And we've yeah. we've seen we've seen what he's been able to do with big minutes. Dude puts up like 20, 10, a couple threes and a few blocks. Like this dude, if Siakam's gone, oh my goodness, like Chris Boucher to the freaking moon. Per 36 man of last season, 20 and 10 at three blocks. Ugh. OG and an OG too. We had Scott Angle, the king, come on and talk about how he was gonna be Kawhi 2.0. If he, if if Siakam's no longer there with the usage usage that he takes up. And an OB, we could be talking about a top 15, 20 guy. So let's take a, I know we were just talking about the Kings. I wanted to, wanted to address a, a recent rumor that just dropped today. The Lakers are pursuing Buddy Heald. Apparently it's going to be costing Kyle Kuzma and picks. 
I actually love the move for the Lakers and for Buddy Heald. I mean, I think he just needs to get out of there. He sported a 20.7 usage rate this year, which is the second lowest of his career. Only averaged 16, 16.6 points, but he shot 40% from three. I think if you're the Lakers, you got to get as many shooters as possible around LeBron and more so LeBron and AD. But they're, they've obviously been looking for a third star. DeMar DeRozan's already been rumored to go there. Um, Kyle Lowry's also been rumored. Dark Horse, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. But I just want to get your thoughts on Buddy Heald in a Lakers uniform. Yeah, things like this will be happening for the Lakers. They will not waste LeBron James uh, at 38 years old um, with no shooters or ball handlers around him any longer. Like, they saw what happened with AD. Duke can't stay healthy. But if he's not 100% come playoff time, like, you need other guys to be able to step up. And they didn't have that this season. So, Buddy Heald, yeah, great shooter. Uh, he, he probably could use a change of scenery, right? Uh, like you said, Russell Westbrook. Like, I, I expect the Lakers to get a Russell Westbrook, a Kyle Lowry, a DeMar DeRozan. Like, they have to pair LeBron and AD. LeBron and AD isn't enough anymore. Like, at their age and at their, you know, with, with AD, with his injury history. So you gotta you gotta make the most of what you got, and you gotta go for it now. So expect the Lakers to be buyers big time this offseason. I'm mad that you just Le- you just aged LeBron by like two years. Is he only 36, bro? Yeah, he's, he's 30. Good. Remember Mark Phillips? I'm 36. I'm 36. <laughs> that whole thing. It's wild that that dude actually made it to the the Space Jam premiere and actually like got to dap it up with him. Anyway, yeah, yeah, LeBron's gonna be 37 next year, which is still old as shit. So yeah, you're not you're. Your, your point is still well taken because you don't have very much years left. I mean, he still looked really good before the ankle injury, but I can't help but deny, man, their, their depth is whack. Dennis Schroeder is not going to be back. He's going to go get a bag somewhere. Trez isn't going to be back because he probably can't afford They probably don't want to keep him. And obviously the fit wasn't that great either, but they have a lot of holes to fill, man. And, you know, they're going to be getting all these vet minimums and stuff like that. But I think we'll have a, quite a few major name players probably taking a pay cut just to play because they know that, you know, AD and LeBron, I mean, that's just a, a an ill combo that you got to get somebody else around to get some W's. I've heard a lot of guys don't want to play with LeBron. As ridiculous as that sounds, like when you go to play for LeBron, it's almost like going to play for Bill Belichick. There's not, there's not the same kind of freedom. When Brady went to Tampa, he was like, dude, I could be myself and like, I could just be the goat. Like, I don't need to be taking, you know, orders from a guy that obviously knows what he's doing. But at the same time, like a lot of these guys want to be free. So you're probably going to see guys that have never had a great opportunity to win later in their, like that are later in their careers, like, like a Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I, I totally feel that. I mean, that, that's exactly what I was going to say is that I think people are more the anyone that's going to go play with LeBron now is more focused on winning than anything sure. else. If you want any kind of individual accolades, like don't go there because that's not going to help you at all. No, you're not. You're not going to get your shine just because you're with the Lakers. You're not going to get your shine. Like, right. so does Lonzo Ball go there? I mean, he's a he's a Southern California guy, and he clearly wants out of of uh, New Orleans. I don't think there's a fit there in New Orleans. So he's another potential fit in, in Los Angeles if he wants to play alongside LeBron. I got him going to the Clippers. I definitely got him going to LA, but yeah, man, I potentially think the Clippers would be a really interesting fit for him, especially just because I don't know, man, I think he's going to be a really good point guard 
when it's all said and done. Like, he's already fixed his shooting, which I think was a huge problem. Defensively, the guy is a beast. I think he could easily be a second team, third team all defense in a couple years. But he also doesn't need the ball in his hands to score, which I think it would be good, you know, being around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard once healthy. Speaking of which, saw a report hit me. I don't know if this is official, official, but it's saying that Kawhi Leonard is likely to re-sign with the Clippers. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I don't know if that was an official report or not. But yeah, I think I think Zach Harper was was also saying that he expects that to happen. Kawhi's a pretty quiet guy. He's never gonna let anybody know what he's doing. His his inner circle is the only people who know what's going on with him. So Back. any rumors you see about Kawhi, likely uh, the source has no clue. Um, but but yeah I, I i think southern california is probably where he wants to be you know the clippers give him a decent chance to win he's already got a, he's got two rings he's got two rings he's got two rings like you know another ring would be great and eh, Kawhi probably doesn't probably doesn't care that much probably just wants to you know be in southern california so i agree i think he stays there i don't i don't think he's going anywhere else hypothetical question here yeah where do you stack when it's all said and done do you think that Giannis will be a better player in terms of like NBA greats than Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Doing it at a, he's starting at a younger age. I mean, Kawhi, if it wasn't for that shot uh, against the Sixers, like we're probably not having this conversation. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the things that Giannis did in the playoffs this season, just blow my mind. Just his ability to, to carry that team. Like I, he's got, He's got ten more, probably probably eight more, eight nine more years in his prime. He could he could easily he could easily win four or five rings. And his stats are going to be ridiculous too. Ridiculous, man. ridiculous. And he shot seventeen of nineteen from the free throw line in the most critical game in the NBA Finals. Like, so you mean to tell me the guy shoots like fifty percent the rest of the NBA Finals? Like, in the clutch, comes up and shoots seventeen of nineteen from the free throw line. That's very crucial. Like, guys just don't if, do that in yeah. in down the stretch and, you know, clutch moments. And he like showed that he was willing to like, you know, do what it took for his, uh, put his team over the, uh, over the hump there. I mean, Giannis had a couple of those moments that could be Kawhi, the Kawhi game seven jumper. I mean, when he blocked. Oh yeah. At the, that, that was oh, yeah. huge. And then also that, that alley-oop at the end too. And one, but yeah, I think it's a, uh, it's a, it's an interesting, I, I didn't really think about it now, but I think Giannis is certainly going to climb up the ladder in terms of the best forwards of all time. Want to close out the show, man. Spencer Dinwiddie, he's also on the on the on the Lakers list of potential opportunities here. What do you think his prospects are on the free agency market here? I mean, we haven't seen him in just under a year, but this dude was a, he was really good and a, definitely a fantasy asset. And he was always seemingly playing. You know, he's always off the bench primarily, but he's a bucket and he had good peripherals. What do you think? From him, I mean, depending on where he goes, I think anything would be better than a Brooklyn scenario, right? Yeah, I think he's actually extremely underrated. And I remember I remember picking him up off the waiver wire when he got the starting role when I believe it was either Karis LeVert or Kyrie Irving who went down with an injury and Spencer Dinwiddie stepped up and he was playing like 38, 39 minutes a game, uh, averaging like eight, nine assists a game. Like this dude, this dude is really good. It just hasn't had he's had some some bad luck with injuries and he's been stuck behind some guys uh as far as depth charts concerned so if he can if he can go somewhere and and have a starting role i think there's a lot of opportunity for him to provide some pretty good fantasy value next season i just 
you know, LA is a spot that I've heard him rumored to because like everybody else, um, they need a point guard. So there's a ton of guys rumored to LA. It's a matter of, you know, if, if he's a good fit next to LeBron, uh, coach LeBron will make that determination if Spencer didn't, he's a good fit next to LeBron. Right. But yeah, if he gets an opportunity for sure, we could see him be a, a 16 point eight assist type guy. I thought he was going to leave it to the fans to make his, his free agency destination. He was like saying that he was going to use half of his first. He was going to get his salary paid in crypto. And then he was going to, whoever voted on the most, whoever voted what destination the most, that's where he was going to go. But I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, yeah, I remember he was, he was feeling himself uh, early in the season with that crypto stuff where <laughs> I forget exactly what he was talking about, but he was like, you remember what it was? I mean, I I know didn't Trevor? I think Trevor Lawrence also got his all of his salary paid in crypto. I mean, there's quite a few dudes out there that are that are still very bullish on it. Um, they just want to just just, just want to dip their hand in the space. I mean, Tom Brady just got his NFTs. It's a thing now. Yeah, Tom for sure. Brady's buying it. But yeah, especially the, yeah, if the older generation's buying it, like that's where the hype. That's where we need the hype from. We don't need it from these young guys. We need it from the old the old heads. All right, Joe, check back in with us next week. We will be talking about the NBA draft, man. We're going to get some rapid reactions from that. See if there's any crazy trades that went down. We'll be talking about the fantasy implications of it. Should have the trio back for uh, next week. Until then, we'll holla at you. Peace.